Good morning, everybody, and welcome to New Vine Community Church. Uh, we are very excited to have each and everybody here with us today, and uh, welcome to those who are watching online today as well. All right, I'd like to invite everybody to stand. We'll have a word of prayer, and then we will get started with worship. Lord, I want to thank you for bringing us all together here today safely. I want to thank you for everything that you've done in our lives throughout the week and everything that we know that you continue to do. We just ask you to come be in our midst today as we worship you. In your name we pray. Amen.
everybody take a second and turn around and say hello to somebody. My name's Allie, and we're glad you're here. If you're new here, go ahead and pick up one of these forms from the seat back in front of you. Fill it out and drop it in the offering bag as it goes through. On your way out, be sure to pick up a free worship CD from one of the pastors there. Hey, guys, we're in a new year already. It's unbelievable. It's 2023. Uh, coming up soon, we're having a class that's called One Anothering because we're studying through the One Another's New Testament. It's going to be on Monday night, uh, January the 16th. We start at 7 o'clock. costs $10. And so we're going to learn uh, how to put these things into practice and also learn what it means. So we always have a good time. So come out for that and sign up for that. Uh, also, uh, January the 29th. We're doing our baptism, and in the wintertime, we baptize here at church. And so if you've decided to become a follower of Jesus, your first step is to be baptized to identify with his death, burial, and resurrection. So we're doing that on the 29th in the second service. You can sign up for that, too. So God bless you. I hope you have a great new year. How's everyone? Thanks for watching the announcements. Oh, if you need so any too soon. I'm sorry. Go to our Thought it was over. I'm going to get this down one day. Again, how's everyone doing? Good. I'm sorry about that. Um, Bengals play today, right? Uh, anybody going to the game? Anyone rich and have tickets? So, Anyway, I went to one years ago. It was like a playoff game, and it was like the freezer bowl. It was like freezing cold. I think they played the Jets since I don't know who they played, but it was cold. That's all I remember. Um, let's see. Um, we start our class tomorrow night, the one another in class in the cafe. So it's seven or seven o'clock, ten bucks, right? And so it's, we're going to learn how to do these things. And then the men's fellowship breakfast at Frisch's, always a good time. What do we do with those things? We eat and say a couple words to each other. And that's it. That's what guys do. Women, they'll tell you more stuff than you want to know. Like when I do marriage counseling, like premarital counseling, right? Is that right, Sam? Yep. And uh, the, the newlyweds back there, we got newlyweds here. There's newlyweds everywhere. So I didn't know. But anyway, um, I pointed you guys. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to do that. So <laughs> They're not married yet. I'm sorry, David. Move over. They're too young. But anyway, uh, I always tell them about, about communication is important in marriage, right? And, and I'll say guys can really communicate well and girls can't, right? And so, and uh, but the guys can go. How about them bingles? And they'll go, yeah. And they'll think they had a conversation. <laughs> and then women will tell you way more than you want to know. Go, oh, thank you very much. So I'm still working on that. Liz and I have been married like a 100 years, and so I'm still working on the communication thing. So let's say a prayer, and we will take up the offering. I want you to remember a prayer. A friend of mine is, uh, well, he's in heaven. His name's Barry Quillen, and he was uh, he graduated in 1970, I think, from Franklin. And we grew up in our church together, and he was a pastor in Dayton. He died of a heart attack the other day. So his wife, Angela, and Keith and Vanessa and a bunch of grandkids. So let's just pray. Lord, uh, pray for uh, 
Angela today and, and the kids, and I ask you to be with them. Thank you, Lord, that Barry is with you in heaven. And so, God, I just thank you that our hope is in you because of the resurrection. So I ask you to bless this offering in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, we started a series last week uh, called One Another's, the One Anothering. There's like maybe a hundred uh, passages in the New Testament or in the Bible that talk about the word the word one another. And uh, so I interviewed different people last week. So David Hopper is going to come on down. So give David Hopper a hand. Come on down. Last last week I interviewed uh, Deanna back there, and uh, her husband at the end of the service asked me if I'd we planned this out and gave her my notes and stuff because. We didn't, no, we didn't plan it out last week either, so. This is David. So David Hopper, tell us uh, who you are, where you were born, things like that. And hold the mic up there, so. Okay, my, oh, whoa. <laughs> my first thought is that, uh, my wife's probably happy she's not here in church today for this. Um, so I'm David Hopper. I am about to be 54 years old. I grew up in, uh, the Akron area, so I am still a uh, Browns fan. Um, hey, any Browns fans here? Couple, well, God bless you. I asked um, after the first service. I asked the one guy. I said, who, "Who, who's the Browns playing today?" And he's that was a bad. So. Yeah, well, we're we're a mixed family now, and that's fine. Um, so I'm rooting for the Bengals today. Um, let's see. I found my way down here for work about twenty okay. four years ago. So what do you do? Uh, I am a trust officer for LCNB. I'm a lawyer by trade, so I used to be in private practice. Okay, that's what I do. Hobbies? Do you have any hobbies? <sighs> Well, when I was more fit, I liked to <laughs> play soccer and, and watch the kids. And um, But now we, uh, I, I'm kind of, a, my son-in-law here has made me a nerd. Um, oh, yeah? Uh, we uh, we, we, we uh, play a game called Magic every Saturday night, a group of us. Uh, so that's, I guess that's kind of a hobby now. Okay. I have no idea what that is, but that's no, okay. It's okay. It's that's fine. That's fine. It's good. How long have you been coming here? Uh, about two decades. About 20 okay. years. And what, what do you like about coming here? Well, I, I like how welcoming it is. Um, and I like our commitment to service. I like our commitment to um, the people here just doing thin things instead of saying things. Okay. Good. All right. Thank you. Give David a hand. Thank you very much. 
That was good. It's not like he's never talked in front of people before, so, right? He said about doing things. If you're, if you're a guest today, we do, most of the things we do are not in this building. This is a gym, and so, um, we have a free store in Franklin. We've been open since 1993, and we got about 1,600 families that we help with food and clothes all the time, and thank you guys for buying a bunch of groceries. And, uh, people bring in groceries, and we take them down there, and people come in, and, uh, so, we blessed them. We've been doing that forever. We had to move because this, the school system bought our old place. It's going to be leveled in probably a parking lot or whatever, and that's okay. And so we have another place downtown. So so it's cool, but our, but our goal is just to demonstrate God's love to people, you know, and, and uh, tell them about Jesus. So that's the deal. So today we are going to continue our study of one anothering. And uh, last Sunday I ended, I ended the service with a song from the TV show Cheers. Remember that song, Cheers? And I actually thought that the Cheers song should be the theme of the church. So I'm going to play it again for you. And I found a different sign to go up to. So here we go. Making your way in the world today takes everything you've got. Taking a break from all your worries sure would help a lot. Wouldn't you like to get away? Those nights when you've got no lights, the check is in the mail, and your little angel hung the cat up by its tail, and your third fiance didn't show. Sometimes you want to go where everybody knows your name. People used to do that with lighters, you know, and, and uh, we've come a long way. Actually, never done that before. It's fun. Um, we started talking about this last week. The word one another occurs a hundred times in the New Testament. Fifty-nine of those times uh, are specific commands teaching us how not to and how to relate uh, to each other. Okay? Um, and, and Jesus gave these, this teaching. The one another is our, our practical and simple, uh, the simple way just to live out the Christian life. Okay, and to, to put our faith in Jesus. You know, the one, no, do this, do this, do this. And Jesus kind of spelled it out for the disciples. And the one another is touch every part of our life. And I think they're probably one of the most practical ways to grow in your discipleship. As you're taking those steps in discipleship that you learn to uh, do those things. You know, for example, we'll see it in a few weeks. Forgive one another, right? And all those, all those kinds of things. And so that's an important thing. Uh, in this verse, I think Jesus is given a foundation of what his family is to look like. And I'll read the verse in just a minute, okay? The foundation for the church, the foundation for the family is love. Now, what's going on in this story, in this part of the Bible, in John 13, I'll read it in just a second, is the disciples are in the upper room, and Jesus is getting them ready uh, because he's going to be leaving them, okay? And uh, he's he's going to be crucified, and so he's trying to prepare them. And it's, a, it's an important thing to be prepared. I remember when my dad was dying, I was 17 years old. And I remember he talked to us and, you know, and, and would tell us different kinds of things and kind of helped us get ready for the deal. And, and it was still tough, but, you know, I, I have hope in Jesus because of the resurrection. And I knew it wasn't the end of the show. And so, so it, it kind of prepared you. So Jesus is trying to do that with his disciples. And uh, he's trying to get them ready for what's going on. And so uh, 
he's going to be crucified in just a few hours. And so the way they relate to Jesus is going to change totally. It's going to totally flip. And, and, and this is the deal, okay? So this is the thing. If you've been a disciple, how have you been known as a follower of Jesus? Well, you've been known as a follower of Jesus because you hang out with him. Because you walk around with him. Because you uh, do what he tells you to do. Uh, a good example is, if you remember when Jesus was arrested and Peter follows at a distance. And they're in there grilling Jesus and Peter's out by the fire. You know, and he's warming his hands. And, and the one girl goes, aren't you one of those guys? You know, Don't you hang out with him? And, he, and remember Peter goes, nah. Didn't know the guy and, and all that. They knew him because he hung out with Jesus. That's how they were known. Okay, because they were with Jesus and uh, they hung out with him. But now it's, it's no longer going to be a physical thing. It's going to move from physical to faithful. They're going to go from being with him physically to having to trust him by faith. Now, we're just the opposite. Okay, this is what we do. We live by faith and one day we'll live by sight being with him. Right? Scripture talks about one day our faith will become sight. And so right, it's just the opposite. They were with him physically and it's going to flip. They're going to have to walk by faith. We're with him by faith, and one day it's going to flip, and we'll be with him face-to-face, which will be pretty cool, I think. So, right? Um, so we are learning to walk in that relationship. And so how they deal with Jesus, how they relate to him, everything is about to, to change, and it's going to be flipped out on them. Okay? Having Jesus with you just made everything okay. All right? Uh, it made everything fine. If something came up, he helped you deal with it. If How many of you guys have watched The Chosen? Have any of you guys watched The Chosen? If you've not watched The Chosen, watch The Chosen, okay? You can get it on your phone. You can get it on you know, whatever, and it's a story. It's just the story of Jesus, and it's made really cool. It's not like going verse by verse. It kind of gives you a lot of background, shows you that Peter had an attitude, that we know that, you know, but it's really a good thing. And you can see that in The Chosen, how these guys are hanging out with Jesus and how they're following him around. And uh, so when something came up, Jesus would help them deal with it. But now it's going to change. When something comes up, they're going to have to deal with each other. So everything is going to change. So Jesus is going to walk them through this stage, and he's going to give them the scripture. So listen to this. And some translations say, my little children. My children, my little children, I will be with you only a little longer. You will look for me, and just as I told the Jews, so I tell you now, where I'm going, you cannot come. A new command I give you. Love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you're my disciples if you love one another. Now, love isn't a, is a new concept, even to them, and, and Jesus demonstrated it. But in 12 hours, the disciples are going to see it demonstrated when Jesus dies on the cross. You know, because he's going to lay down his life for them because he loves them. And so, but Jesus didn't just leave them there. He, he gives them some instructions. So the first thing, he gives them a command to obey. Okay, this is the, the what Jesus told them that if they loved him, that they would keep his commandments. He said that all the way through the New Testament. If you love me, you're going to keep my commandments. Now, obedience is is kind of a tough word for some people. But in, in this context, this is what it means. Obedience is just aligning our heart with the heart of Jesus. Now, most of the time, uh, we as followers of Jesus will think, I'm going to do this for God, and we'll try to do something like that. And then we ask God to come in and help us. Right? We do it backwards. Okay? Okay. Uh, Obedience is really saying, God, what are you doing, and what do you want me to do? And you kind of join him. And and so it works better that, that way. And so uh, obedience is just aligning our heart with the heart of Jesus. What is Jesus doing? Uh, what's God want me to do? And, and working that out. Does that make sense? How many of you guys still here? How many of you guys for the Bengals? How many don't care? 
Yes. All right. There you go. It's a game, right? Good deal. Um, but it's not a new concept. So he gives them a command uh, to obey. And Jesus told them that if he loved them, that's, that's the deal. And, and a lot of times, like I said, we start something and, uh, and we don't do it. We want God to bless us. So Billy Graham made a statement. I thought this was a good statement. He says this, the Bible declares we who follow Jesus should be just as much in love with each other as God was in love with us when he sent his son to die on the cross. That's major. You know, we should love each other as much as God loved us when he sent Jesus to die for us. And that's, that, and that's the major thing. And, and we're supposed to be known by our love. Now, I, I, I listened to some things and, and found a book, and there's this guy named Don McMinn, and he wrote a book called Love One Another, and he said this about it. Regardless of the ambiguity that may surround the concept, we must pursue it because love is the key message in the kingdom of God. Got that? It's, it's the language of heaven. Love is the language of heaven. Now, I'm going to blow through a bunch of things here, so just hang on. It'll come on the screen, but I'm going to go quick. All right, 1 Corinthians 13, 13, love is greater than faith, hope, and love, right? He said the grace of these, but the grace of these is love. John 13, 3, 16, love is a motivation for God sending Jesus into the world. 1 Corinthians 13, 1 through 3, without love, all acts of ministry are meaningless. You remember that passage? I always read it at weddings. You know, if I, if I do this and this and this, but if I don't have love, I'm just making noise. And uh, let's see, another one, Romans 13, 10, love is the f- fulfillment of the law. 1 John 4, 16, love is one of the basic attributes that describes who God is. In 1 John, it says God is love, right? And then Paul said this in Romans 13, 9. All commandments are summed up in one command, to love your neighbor as yourself. So Jesus tells these guys, you have to love each other. You have to really love each other. And and uh, But Jesus is so cool. He doesn't just leave them with a command. He just doesn't tell them to do this. He, he gives an, an example to follow. He shows them how to do it, and that's really important. He shows us how to do it, and uh, and he's saying this is how followers of him do relationships. This is the way we do it. We love each other, period, right? Um, a long, long time, when I was a teenager, there was a guy named Josh McDowell, and he was speaking at, at uh, Miami University. So I went over to hear him. I'm like 17 years old, 18, and, and he talks about love. And he says, says he talks about love, There, there is I love you if, or I love you uh, because, and then he says, I love you in spite of. Okay, and he says, in spite of love is, is God's love, agape love, that we love each other. No one's perfect. And so we just love each other, period. And so as followers of Jesus, you know, that's how we do relationships. We love each other. So, you know, if, if I'm going to love my neighbor as myself, that's great. But when am I going to stop? You know, when they become annoying? When they're too needy, when they do, you know what I'm saying? Huh? You guys have any neighbors? Now, my neighbors are all wonderful, okay? Uh, but sometimes we put conditions on it. But Jesus says we're supposed to love each other, period, and, and, and that's the deal. And, and I want you to note something. I put this in my notes, and I think it's one of the major things here. Uh, his love is, is, is sacrificial, okay? Uh, his love is sacrificial. Um, and if you're a parent, you know what that means. Right? When your kid is sick, when you're up in the middle of the night, when you're doing this or that, there you are. Because you love them. Right? Go like this, parents. Alright? That's just the deal. We demonstrate, demonstrate all the time. Because you learn, you know, we just finished the book, uh, back in the fall by, by, uh, Rick Warren on the purpose driven life. That it's not about me. 
It's about God. It's about other people. And we have to learn to do that. Um, sometimes it's uncomfortable or inconvenient, but, but it doesn't matter. Jesus said this, and I think this is really important. Because we know the thing, love, you know, love the Lord God with all your heart, mind, soul, and love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus now takes a step further. Jesus says we no longer just love our neighbor as ourselves. Okay, got that? That's a big one. We're supposed to love our neighbor this way. Like Jesus said this. Love one another. What's the last part? As I have loved you. So that's bigger than loving them as myself because sometimes that's hard. But we're going to have to trust him. And, and then Jesus said this in John 15. He says, greater love hath no one than this that he laid down his life for his friends. So Jesus demonstrates all these things. I'm going to blow through this other thing real quick. It'll come up on the screen. Uh, he actually loves you. He saves you, forgave you, bore your greatest burdens, prays for you, is patient with you, encourages you, honors you, admonishes you, weeps with you, devoted to you, instructs you, accepts you, is compassionate with you. Liz was trying to take notes this morning when I was doing this in the first service. But anyway, I had to ask her if she was keeping up. Uh, he's kind to you and, and he's waiting for you. He even invites you in because he says, come unto me, all you are weary and heavy laden, I'll give you rest. Why does he do all those things? Because he loves you. Period. He loves you. Now, a lot of times people come uh, to church or grow up in a tradition where their concept of God is different. Where their concept of God is this guy who's in heaven and he's watching out to, to get you. You know what I'm saying? Uh, that they they see this God up, up, up there and you do something wrong and it gets you, right? Can I just tell you if God wanted to get you, he can get you any time, <laughs> you, you know? But sometimes in a tradition, it's like God's this mean old guy. And, and so we come to our relationship with God with, uh, from a place of fear. Because we're afraid of, of, of that he's going to get us because we're going to mess up. And we never know if we've done enough. That is not biblical. The Bible says that God is love. He comes to us as a place of love. If a parent was like that, that's called abuse. God's a God of love and he loves us. It says in Jeremiah 33, 3, with an everlasting love. And, and so he does all those things for us. Because he loves us and, and, uh, he, he does all those things and he comforts us well and, and, and he does, does those things, okay? Um, let me see where I'm at here. Uh, people, the, this statement's awesome too, I think. People who know they've been loved well can now love well. You got that? People who know, go back, that people who know they've been loved well can now go and love well. People who've been forgiven well can now go and forgive well. People who have been comforted well can now go and comfort well. Because these things have happened to us, then we're supposed to pass it on and we can do that. Okay? Uh, because he's done all these things, he's done all those things for us. Okay? Uh, because we've been accepted, we can now accept others. The good news of the gospel is that you're loved and forgiven, so now you can go and love and forgive other people. That's just the deal. Um, Jesus says, love as I have loved you. And, and Jesus not only showed us how to do it, he gave us the Holy Spirit to help us to do it. In Galatians, it says the fruit of the Spirit is what? Does anybody know that verse? The fruit of the Spirit is love, right? And then all the rest of it goes with it. Jesus not only tells us to do it, he shows us to do it. And, and this is the deal. It's our identity. It's the identity that he wants us to live in. It's, it's, it's a family trait that we're known for our love. Uh, Mark's told this story. I've told it a bunch of times. I'll tell it again. When, when Evan was little, Evan's 18 now, which is crazy, my oldest grandson. But when he's little, 
Mark and them used to live across the river, and there's a park across the river, and they named it Castle Park. And uh, and then it was sort of messed up a while, and there was trash and all this stuff like that. And, and Mark saw it, and he went and bought some trash bags but didn't tell Evan what was going on. But then he told Evan about it. Evan's maybe like six or seven. I don't know. He got a... He got a Citizen, a good citizen's award or something like from the city for this. But anyway, uh, he came to Evan and he said, <clears throat> Evan, you know, Castle Park over there, all this has happened. What do you think we ought to do about it? And this is what Evan said. Because we're Wolfenburgers and we're Christians, we need to go over and clean it. And I thought that was cool. That was his identity because he knows that, that, that we do stuff. We as followers of Jesus, our identity is love, period. We will be known by, by our love uh, for, for each other. Our identity is love. Okay? That's the deal. It's who we are. Uh, Jesus said all people will know that, that we're his disciples if we love each other. You know, it's not, it's not going to be the name on the church or the giant cross you wear or the big Bible you have. It's do you really love me? Do you really care for me? And do you care for each other? And so if we do that, then we're living our identity. And this is the deal. I believe that love is our greatest outreach as a church. Now, we do all kinds of things. I mean, we do it all the time. Why do we do it? Because we love people. But but that's the deal. We're supposed to love each other. And and that's the why. That's why we do this. We'll be known as that. Uh, in, in the New Testament, the early church was like that. They helped people. Uh, listen to this verse. It's in uh, Acts. All the believers were together. They had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. In Acts 2, it says there wasn't a needy person among them. They would meet together, they hung out together, they loved each other. And as a result of that, in Acts chapter 2, 45, I think it says, And the Lord added their number daily, those who were being saved. Because they acted that way, then people wanted to be a part of them. And uh, that's just the deal. It caused people to want to join them. And I put this in my notes. Who doesn't want to be a part of a family that loves and forgives and encourages and prays for and cares for? Got that? And the deal is this. That's who we are. That's our family. Uh, that's our identity. Still here? All right, I'm almost done. I'm, you guys are getting out early today. I apologize. No one minds, right? I told you, I told you years, you know, I, I started preaching when I was 18 years old. The first sermon I preached was on John 316 at the nursing home in Middletown. And there was a lady who was doing this the whole time and they don't know what I'm talking about, but I'm talking, trying to get all these people who are 90 years old saved, you know, and, uh, and that woman, I finally think, I said, what is she doing? The guy goes, she's making biscuits. <laughs> so through my whole sermon, this woman's making biscuits. But then the first sermon I preached at church was five minutes long. People went out, shook my hand, patted me on the back. Best sermon they ever heard. And I thought, wow, Billy Graham, look out. And, and uh, they were just really happy that they got out of church, you know, that early. So you're going to get out in a minute. I quit wasting time here, right? Um the over 51 and others in the New Testament come from this one that says, love one another, Jesus said. What I'm trying to say is this. You can take most of the one another's and you can put them in this passage. Okay? And that's what we're going to do. So the first one says this. A new command to give you, love love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you're my disciples if you love one another. Let's do another one. Put the other one in there. A new command to give you, forgive one another as I have forgiven you. So you must forgive one another. By this, everyone will know you're my disciples if you forgive one another. You can take another one to put in there. Accept one another. Right? As a, uh, a new command I give you, accept one another as I've accepted you. So you must accept one another. By this, everyone will know that you're my disciples if you accept one another. So another one? Comfort, right? A new command I give you, comfort one another as I've comforted you. 
You must comfort one another. By this, everyone will know that you're my disciples if you comfort one another. You can take most of the one another's and you can put them in that one passage. And it's all about love. And all those things are, are about love. That you forgive because you love. Uh, you accept because of love. You comfort because of love. And on and on and on through all the one another's. Now, uh, I was done with this whole thing. And then I found this and I just thought it was awesome. Uh, John, who wrote the gospel, uh, was the youngest of the disciples, of the 12 disciples. But all the other disciples, uh, he's, he's, tradition tells us he's the only one that died a natural death. And so he, uh, if you remember on the cross, Jesus looked at John and says, Behold your mother, and mother, behold your son. And, this, and tradition tells us that Mary, uh, Jesus' mother, went to live with John. They, they went to Ephesus, and he, and he took care of her until she died. Okay? But church tradition also tells us that, that he lived a, a long time. Uh, he was the only disciple to die a natural death. And uh, he's believed to have lived 94 years, and he died peacefully in Ephesus. And church tradition says this. I think it's cool. Near the end of his life, he had to be carried to church in the arms of the disciples, his disciples. When it's time for him to preach, his sermon consisted of five words. Little children love one another. That was his sermon. You love that one, right? We'd have been gone 55 minutes ago. In time, his disciples became weary of hearing the same sort of phrase repeated over and over. So they asked him, Master, why do you speak only these words and repeat it so often? John replied, it's the Lord's command. And if the loan is done, it's enough. He said, that's it. You don't need to do anymore. Just love each other. Jesus says to it. One of the others, love each other as I have loved you. By this, everyone will know that you're my disciples if you love each other. So two questions. What's God saying to me? You. And, and what am I going to do about this week? So let's just bow our heads for a second. We can listen to a song. Think about those things. Amen. Let me challenge you this week to practice these things. Find someone, practice on them. Don't tell them you're practicing on them. Right? Just to let you know. So if you have one of these, take it out. We do this every Sunday. Uh, I grew up in a church tradition where we did like once a quarter or something like that. And uh, But in the New Testament, every time the disciples got together, they, they did this with each other. Uh, some churches call it communion. Some churches call it the Lord's Supper. Some churches call it the Eucharist. We just call it a family meal. And everyone's invited to the table. So we always say the Lord's Prayer uh, to start this off. And so give you a second to get these things open. Sometimes they don't open very well. 
But the Lord's Prayer shows us to one another. You know, forgive me my trespasses as I forgive those. And so all, all the way back and forth. It's, it's all about one another. So let's just say this prayer together. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. On the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread, he broke it. He said, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this remembrance of me. It says after supper, he took the cup and he said, this cup is a new covenant, which means relationship in my blood. Do this in remembrance of me. The Apostle Paul wrote in Corinthians to the church, he said this. He says, as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. We remember what Jesus did, and we're reminded that we're to do the same. Amen. So I'll stand. Now it's time to go and do this stuff. This doesn't really count. <laughs> I pastored a church for a long, long time, and one of the guys that would always come, he, I'd say, how are you? He goes, I'm just doing the Lord's will. I said, well, that's good. Okay, but we're supposed to do it out of here, right? So we're supposed to love each other. So let's just close in prayer, and uh, we'll, we'll keep this going next week. So, Lord, we thank you that you loved us first, and you demonstrated how we're supposed to love each other. So, Lord, help us as we go from this place to learn to love each other and forgive each other and comfort each other and encourage each other. All those things, Lord, help us to learn to put these things in practice. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. Amen. Bless you. Have a good week.